0: The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Our text for our sermon is Job chapter 7, verses 1 through 7. Does not man have a hard service on earth? Are not his days like those of a hired man? Like a slave longing for the evening shadows or a hired man waiting eagerly for his wages? So I've been allotted months of futility and nights of misery have been assigned to me. When I lie down, I think, how long before I get up? The night drags on and I toss till dawn. My body is clothed with worms and scabs. My skin is broken and festering. My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle and they come to an end without hope. Remember, O God, that my life is but a breath. My eyes will never see happiness again. This is the word of our Lord. In our Gospel lesson for this morning, we see Jesus going around healing people, right? He heals the Apostle Peter's mother-in-law. And after that, all these crowds of people are coming and He heals them. seems like He's a loving God who doesn't want His people to suffer. And and then the Apostles say, there's more people they want to be healed. And what does He do? He says, let's go to the next town so we can preach. Seems to be a contradiction, doesn't it? Jesus' miracles of healing... We're meant to show God's love. We're meant to validate that He is God. But the big message was the Savior had come in our place. Whatever happens in this life, whatever miseries, if we're clinging to the Savior who lived and died in our place, it's all but a blink of an eye because we're going to heaven. We, that, that new heaven is ours. But put yourself on the feet of those people. I was in line to get healed and boom, this guy has gone. We can definitely say out of that that he takes no pleasure in misery. As Martin Luther one time pointed out about hardships, he says, at first it seems that God is our enemy. There's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes, and if we don't know them, which we usually don't, it would appear as if God is punishing us. As if he's being hard on us, but that's not the case. And as we look through the entire book of Job, but especially on today's sermons, we see that God actually uses hardships in our lives. He allows them for our spiritual well-being and the spiritual well-being of others. As I said, there are things that happen behind the scenes that we don't know. One of the devil's great tricks, especially here in America, is to make us think he doesn't exist. Cartoon pictures of the devil who's in a cute little red suit like a trick-or-treater really make us not take him seriously. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, he bound the devil. He actually defeated him. So the devil doesn't have the reign that he once did on the earth, but we are told that he will be loosed again for a very short time right before Christ returns. And in today's text, we see something Job doesn't see. Job doesn't know. We're let in on what happens behind the scenes. The beginning book of Job, the the devil appears in the throne of God, and God says, what you been up to? I've been roaming around to and fro. God sets the devil up. He says, oh, because he knows the devil's roaming around to and fro because he wants to destroy faith. He wants to destroy God's creation. Have you tried my servant Job? The devil says, oh, bosh, you've given him everything. You've spoiled him, great wife, great kids. You've given him material possessions. If you take those away, he would curse you. He'll, he'll curse you and die. He'll, he'll deny you. God says, all right, you're on. God understands something. that The devil is more powerful than you and I, but, but he's foolish. He doesn't understand what faith is. See, faith is God's Holy Spirit having worked through that message. So when Jesus preached it. Jesus is the Savior. He works through that message when you hear it so that you believe it. That is actually faith. It's not decisions we make. It's the Holy Spirit in our heart clinging to Christ crucified. Job had faith because he looked ahead 1,500 some years, 2,000 years to that Savior. So, God is not going to remove himself from Job's heart. God is going to win this one. He set the devil up. Now, the devil falls into a bad theology there. It's really the paganism, the natural religion of man. If you want to get good things of this world, you want the, you know, a nice house, a nice car, you want the things this world has to offer, then you've got to butter up God. And in return, after really patting God's ego and doing good things for him, God will give you good. That's the devil's theology. That's the way he thinks. And the reverse side of that then is, if things aren't going well for you, then you must really be making God mad. So the devil goes out. He kills Job's children. He removes all of Job's property. He finds out in those days the money wasn't the big thing. Job finds out all of his flocks, all of his cattle, boom, gone in the blink of an eye. Job's wife gives him terrible advice She says curse the Lord and die because she's bought into that same bad theology that's paganism, that's the devil's lie. Job doesn't curse his Lord. The devil is roaming around, appears before the throne of God again, doesn't realize he's being set up. That's what you've been up to. I've been roaming to and fro. Oh, have you tried my servant Job? Oh, bosh! You, you have given him his health. As long as he's got his health, he's never going to curse you, God. He's never going to deny his faith. You're still spoiling him. God says, all right, you're on. You can take everything but his life. Now remember, Job's faith is God's Holy Spirit living in his heart. God is not going to let Job fall from the faith. And I assure you, Job never does deny his faith. So the devil strikes Job with a terrible disease. And it doesn't sound that great, does it? When I lie down, I think, how long before I get up? He's in such pain that he can't fall asleep, just wants to be up. But when he's awake, he says, the nights drag on, I toss till dawn. My body is clothed with worms and scabs. My skin is broken and festering. This is no sinus headache that's going to go away in a short time. His limbs are swelling up and the swelling is causing his skin to break open scabs and worms, this terrible disease, and it's there for a long time. He is miserable. Put yourself in Job's shoes. Doesn't seem like God is being your enemy. Job has some friends that come and visit him. We're told who these friends are related to, and so it appears to be about a third generation after Abraham. So we know for certain this would be before God brings the the Israelites out of Egypt because Job will later make sacrifices and he does before. So the priesthood hasn't been instituted yet. And we know this is the third generation by those. So it's probably that Joseph has died and the devil actually thinks that this is the only believer left. The devil can tell believers, but sometimes he really can't. So Job's friends come along. They sit in silence with him for seven days. They buy into that same pagan theology. I've met Christians who buy into this theology. They get confused when there's a sickness that comes upon them. They think, if I just believe hard enough, then God will remove this medical condition from me. The emphasis is on the I. It's the same paganism. i got to butter up God. So then they have the reverse idea is, and if if things are going bad, if I'm having health problems, then God must be punishing me for something bad. And that's what his friends tell him. Job, just admit it. Admit the sin because God's mad at you and he's punishing you. That's not how it works, brothers and sisters in Christ. You see, Jesus was punished on the cross for the sins of the whole world. Nothing that happens in this life is a punishment from God. If you reject your Savior, Jesus Christ, the punishment comes in eternal life, that's hell. And sometimes we see the unbelievers prosper in this life, and we think it's not fair, why are they doing so well? But the truth of the matter is, God in His grace is giving them something, because they continue rejecting Him, and they are going to spend eternity in punishment. God's actually being very kind to them. You might not be prospering, but you've got heaven to look forward to. Job's friends have this false thinking. Now, God allows hardships to come in our lives, and sometimes those are chastisement. A person cheats on his wife and gets an STD. That, that isn't God punishing him. It's giving him an ability to remember what I've done wasn't right and to help curve that behavior, for example. God allows hardships in our life because sometimes you know, we forget that God actually wants us, for example, to pray to Him. So He allows hardships to come and finally when we're driven down we go, Oh Lord, could you remove this? There, now you get it, now you've prayed to me. He allows hardships in our lives to send us running to His Word because He wants us to hear that He loves us. He allows hardships in our life because well, we have to admit, when things are going great, we don't see a need for God. It often is appalling to me how many Christian ministers will proclaim from pulpits that if you just give God the right things, God's going to just give you everything you want in this life and everything's going to be wonderful. When everything's wonderful, our sinful hearts will turn around and let those things become our God. I've been amazed in my own life. You know, growing up in Wyoming, you often, you know, you think, you do your best, you work hard, and finally when you can, when everything else is bad, you can't help yourself at all, then you turn to God. That, that rugged individualism is not what God teaches. God says you can't save yourself. I want to carry you like my beloved sheep all the way through your life. I am the one who's done the work for your salvation that I am happy to give to you. Job complains about his condition. He points out something. He says, does not man have hard service on earth? Are not his days like those of a hired man? The Hebrew word he used for hard service is when you take a man and tell him, you have to serve in our war. Either you're going to try to spear the guy in front of you or the guy behind you is going to spear you. This is a hard service. War is ugly. That's how Job views his life. Are not his days like those of a hired man, like a slave longing for the evening shadows or a hired man waiting eagerly for his wages? When I work on my own home, there's benefits I get. When I work for somebody else for a pay, all I have is the hope I get paid, right? Especially in a day when mostly you got paid by being given a meal. Work all day in the hot sun for somebody else and and then they jip you and don't even feed you enough to make up for the calories your body needs for the work you've done. A slave, what does a slave have to look forward to? What motivation do they have in their work? Maybe I can get some rest in the shade. That's the picture of life, brothers and sisters, in Christ. And for some reason, God gives a harder life to some than others. Job was right. We watch our friends die before us. We toil away. We can work hard for those material possessions. And as I've said before, I've never seen a moving truck following a casket to the grave. It just doesn't go to heaven with you. It's brief. It's fleeting. He says, days of misery have been assigned to me. So Job never does deny his Lord, but he does finally fall into the mistake of the sinful nature. Lord, you're being unfair. Why is God doing this to me? Because he's definitely being unfair. The truth of the matter is, if God were to be fair, every one of us goes to hell. Because we're only denying ourselves if we don't see the first commandment, thou shalt have no other gods. There are so many things that we will compete, let compete in our heart for the affection that God truly deserves. So if God's going to be fair, we all go straight to hell and burn for eternity. We don't want God to be fair. We're happy. He's a gracious God who loves us, has planned out our salvation. Job says, I just want to know why. And finally, God does come. And, you know, God never tells him what happened behind the scenes. That's for your and my benefits. Job's suffering was for your and my benefit. But God basically tells Job, your your brain is too small to comprehend this. He used to have a pet dog. I would never sit down and try to explain to my dog aeronautical engineering. The dog's brain was just not developed enough to handle it. God knows every thought that's going through every person's head and every decision they're going to make, every second of every hour of the day. He knows every decision they could have made and the outcome of every one of those decisions. He governs the world. And and his answer to Job is, I know what's going on and you don't. There are things you can't even comprehend. But that's not the end of the story. We go back to the gospel lesson. Jesus died for our sins. Jesus rose. He rules. He's ascended. He rules over all creation for your benefit. And so when hard times come along like Job, we keep our eyes focused on the cross. In fact, Job, in the midst of this misery, gives this beautiful confession of faith. He says, I know that my Redeemer lives, and in the end I will see Him with my own eyes. I and not another. How my heart yearns within me. Our epistle lesson for day assures us of that. And we're told in Romans chapter eight, verse twenty eight, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. When hard times come upon us and we want to say, God, you're being unfair, why are you doing this? We might not be able to comprehend it, but we can trust. That because Christ has purchased and won us, was punished in our place, it's not a punishment from God. God's actually using that hardship for our good. Oftentimes, usually to keep us in the faith, that's one of the benefits you can always bet on. And usually also for the benefit of a neighbor. So we keep our eyes focused on the cross. I can assure you, brothers and sisters in Christ, if it weren't for some health problems I had had, hardships when I was younger, I would not be in this pulpit before you today. God used them to steer me away from one career. use them to steer me into the the vocation I have now. Hardships come along. Trust that God is using them for your good. Trust that that there's things going on behind the scenes Job didn't know. But you know, God kept his Holy Spirit in Job's heart. Job never did deny his Lord. We're told at the end of the book of Job that God gave Job 140 more years on this world. God took care of Job. God doesn't promise us earthly prosperity. He promises us and has given us heaven. And he tells us he rules over creation for us so that whatever happens in this life, whatever hardships we endure, whether we can understand it or not, he's using it for our good. Lots of times we're able to look back a few years later and go, oh, that's how God was working. Sometimes we have to wait till we're in heaven. But as we see through the book of Job today in our lessons, God works through hardship for your eternal well-being and for the eternal well-being of others. So when they come, keep your eyes focused on the cross. Know that the God who loves you is not punishing you. He's not being unfair to you. Rather, he's, do, he's keeping you in your salvation and using that for your eternal well-being. Amen. Our hymn that we sang today, hymn 93, Hail to the Lord's Anointed, uh, kind of summarizes that with verse 2. It says, He comes with rescue speedy to those who suffer wrong, to help the poor and needy, and bid the weak be strong. To give them songs for sighing, their darkness turned to light, whose souls condemned and dying are precious in His sight.